So I met Joe Savali probably maybe five years ago and um, met through some mutual friends. I heard of his ministry and, um, and just started to connect and, 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 and you know, pray and, and just hear what God's been doing in his life for the last couple of years. Um, but we're also, he's a part of my um, Follow the Dave Matthews Band tribe. I've been to about 37 shows. He's been to about 40, uh, and he just travels with us as we go to all these different shows. And then over here, everybody wave. This is uh, Pastor Joe Leal back here. Everybody says, that's Joe. Uh, Joe is one of our own. He's from Zealand. Uh, he actually, he's a Zealand duck. He won a state championship in 2007. He was the center of that team. And, um, and so uh, given honor where honor is due in Zealand, uh, you know, exit, he wore number 55, and so when you're on the highway and you exit for Zealand, it's exit 55 because of how great he is in the state, city of Zealand. <laughs> that part's exaggerated, but um, anyway, so Joe, we go to these Dave Matthews shows, and I'm glad that I have him because he helps me with this Joe, because this Joe needs help. I'm good with this Joe. This Joe over here needs some help, and here's one of the reasons why. Uh, at Dave Matthews shows... Um, it has quite a bit of a hippie following, you know, some of the, the hippie followers and, and they're known for jam band music and all this kind of stuff. And so um, you just got to be uh, head on a swivel, they say. Is that what they say? Is that, does anyone say that anymore? You're from Detroit. You would know. What should we say? Not head on a okay, all right. <laughs> and so uh, we're leaving. It's midnight. We just did this great three-hour show with the band. It was amazing. And there's this hippie at Pine Knob in the parking lot and she's dancing and twirling and she's got this homemade dress because that's what they wear and she's doing this thing she's loving life and bless her we love that that's actually why we're a part of all of this because it's so unique and amazing and um, the only problem is we're leaving and it's midnight and she has this bag of homemade like puppy chow or chex mix and she's offering it to people and so as we're leaving i'm like surely nobody is stupid enough to eat some of this from this lady at a Dave Matthews show. And sure enough, as we're driving by, my buddy over here, Joe Leal, rolls down the window. And I'm thinking, surely he's not going to reach into that random lady's bag of puppy chow Chex Mix at a Dave couple handfuls worth of just eating this thing. And I'm literally considering like, I don't have time for this the rest of my night. And if this turns into something I think it's going to turn into, on my way home, I literally considered like, what roads on the way home could I just throw him out of the car if something happens here? Because I can't have this going down. And so Joe helps me with Joe, and uh, we have a, a great relationship. And Joe helps a lot of what this Joe is doing in Detroit, and it's been really cool to see them make a difference uh, on that side. And so here's the deal I would say before he shares is, you know, when Jesus gave the assignment uh, to the disciples and to the others listening, he says, hey, go into all the world, in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. And what he started to list was you start where you are, and then you expand, and then you expand, and then you expand. And so even though you're going to hear that this ministry is very active in Detroit, it's still our assignment. You know, yes, we share the state of Michigan, but what we share is the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And so everything he's going to share, I don't want us to turn it off of like, well, that happens over here and we got our own thing here. No, we're all together in this and it all matters. And God put him here this morning so that we can have an awesome part in, in what God is doing through his ministry. And so um, can't wait for you to hear about it. You're going to absolutely love um, what God is doing through them. So tell us about it. Well, uh, again, my name is Joe Savali. Thank you so much for having me on the west side of the one state. More thing, one more thing. Um, if you haven't heard. I thought this was my time, but. <laughs> yeah, no. 
He's Italian. He's very true Italian. You just went to, uh, how long ago was that? A couple years ago you went and visited? No, just, just May I went to Sicily for like three weeks where a lot of my family still Family lives. and all that stuff. And we stayed there and we met them and ate until yeah. our next size pants yeah. came in yeah. through Amazon. But yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited today. Um, I know it's different on the east side, but we're really excited because you're Italian, you love that stuff. We're really excited to be able to bless you today. We're going to take you to Fazoli's later and uh, really <laughs> hook you up with some good we'll Italian. that in the name of yeah. Jesus. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Transitioning. Again, thank you for having us. Uh, now we're, we're excited to be here. Um, we drove in yesterday. It was like sunny and then overcast. And about 9 o'clock at night, I was literally sprinting through downtown Holland with a stroller trying to get my baby to warmth with the uh, snow that was falling. So we appreciate the West Side throwing us a curveball. But um, we are an organization called Love for a Child that happens to be in Metro Detroit. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with that term, it's kind of um, a heart of Detroit all the way to a city called Port Huron on Lake St. Clair. And it covers a lot of different townships in between. But uh, 15,000 children are living in foster care in Michigan currently. And our organization services an area of about 4,500 of those children. So Love for a Child um, directly helps abused, abandoned, and neglected foster care children that are ages 6 to 12. And I would say about 90% of the children in our program come from severe cases of trauma and abuse and have lived in probably 10 plus homes in their first 10 years of their lives. So you gotta imagine for you that have children in this room or at least a niece or a nephew or can relate, just imagine that little 10-year-old or nine-year-old or six-year-old not knowing family, not knowing what a home feels like and every three, four, five months is living out of a backpack onto the next city and you know, not knowing whether that next home is gonna be safe or just another form of trauma. And so we provide year-round resources, mentorship, and summer camps that really bless the heck out of these children. And we have 75 trained counselors who love Jesus like none other and truly preach to these children and are in their lives on a monthly basis. And I believe these kids uh, are forever transformed when they meet us because um, we're kind of the first introduction to a life of safety that they don't even know about yet. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And so imagine, just put it in our terms, right? Like if we change our kids' bed sheets, my son flips out. Like, you changed the bed sheets. You know, now nobody is that just my son? None of you guys like <laughs> I mean it's a fight to change the you know, pajamas. You know, it's like now imagine literally again a young change in a home. I can tell you this, this happens even in Zealand, our Kids Hope Mentorship Program. This is actually the first time in five years that I had the same student for a second year. Because again, this demographic, there's so much continual changeover. I would say of our mentors in the school that we have now, the majority of them will not have the same student next year because just the changeover that kind of happens in this demographic. So you gotta think, and. and and again, this is not a shot on politics or government structure or whatever, but I'm just saying in order to love on these kids and meet the need, it, it's not going to be a, a word Joe always uses is like an algorithm, a program that we can set in place that's a, that's a copy and paste. We need people who love Jesus 
filled with the Spirit of God to come in and love on them in a unique situation. Are you with me? And, uh, and, and so tell us a little bit more about that and how, who that is, how, how love for a child works like that. Yeah, so, you know, we, we partner with a lot of different agencies in, in Detroit to service what is what a small group of children, about 125 children a year. But these are children that absolutely cannot afford the after-school programming. They can't afford the camps that we're going to talk about in a minute. And so for years, I was trying to figure out, man, I, I'm putting these programs together, and transportation is, isn't working for these kids. They Parents would call me and say, I'll, I'll come to your program, but I need $3 to get there. And I said, man, we got to fix this. So we, be, we created a state-approved program that allows our counselors to go right into the foster care homes where the abuse and the trauma is taking its most worst-case scenario, diving right into the dark and bringing the light of Jesus into these homes, not only for the children who need it most, but for the parents who have been judged for years, who have been pointed and laughed at, who have been in courts their entire life um, fighting for kids and hurting kids, we step in and say, listen, we're not here to judge. We're not here to condemn. We are here to show the love of Jesus to you guys. And sometimes it's not about bringing the Bible and opening up to the verses. They simply have had never, never had someone step into their home and love on them in the situation that they're living in. So love for a child does that. And we bring these kids out and we bring them to this summer camp where it's a one-week experience where these kids get treated like royalty. And they get to see counselors who love Jesus and they, they get witnessed to. And they, we sing, we dance, we do the girls' hair, we um, take boys on this mud walk and we let them get filthy, dirty. And, and trust me, they're still children. There's times that these 12-year-old kids throw punches at my face and they cuss me out and they say the most hurtful things because they want me to hit them back because that's the only life that they know. And when I don't hit back and I hug on them a little bit tighter and I squeeze them a little bit tighter and I say, man, you are the most handsome kid I know, even though they're cussing me out in my face. These kids from day one to day seven, they change. And on day seven, when they have to go home and they're gripping onto your pant leg with tears flooding the ground because they know the situation that they're about to go back to, that is just the start of the relationship that we'll have for a very long time with these children. And when we show up a week and two and three weeks later and they run to the front door with tears in their eyes, Mr. Joe is here, you can't help but have tears in your eyes because you can truly see that these children, their heart has changed. Yeah, definitely. And I think the consistency is one of the best things about your ministry is that you guys have a plan to, to always be there, not just when a, a wellness call is made or a random thing pops up in the system, but the heart is to be the people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's what your ministry is saying to all of them is like, look, we're here. We're always, um, obviously the need is so great. You mentioned you know, 15,000 in the state of Michigan or in the foster care system in your area, about 4,500. Um, talk to me a little bit about how great the need is, but then a little bit more about like that consistency that your ministry brings versus other programs. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to be the charity that offers a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. We, we believe that charities like that exist and they do a great job, but our gift is truly being able to put our cell phone down for four hours 
and look into the heart of a child and say, what is it you want to get off your chest today? And, and I can't help but share a story of just why love for a child is a little bit different than the average charity. Um, see, now, we often think of these abusive situations and these kids and these stories that you hear on the news, and you're like, that's Detroit. That's Flint. But let me tell you how wrong your thought process is, is that I can almost guarantee you that there's a child living within a mile of this church in a, in a severe case of trauma, abuse, um, living in a house of drug addiction. And so a couple of years ago, I get a phone call, and there's this little girl living in a very suburban area, a couple miles from where I'm from. And they said, hey, um, she's nine years old, but uh, she hasn't been in school for a little while. Here's the story. At age nine, she didn't show up for her first day of school, and no one really cared. They just assumed she moved on to the next school district. We know that she has a forever changing lifestyle. A whole year would go by, she wouldn't show up to school. Now she's 10 years old. Second year of school is starting again. And the principal says, I haven't been notified that this little girl has even switched school districts. I probably should look into this. Makes a phone call to a family member. Family member openly admits, we don't really have affiliation with that family anymore. The little girl, last time we saw her was seven years old. The mom's long gone. The birth father, he has his own challenges, which is why we don't stay in touch. We're really sorry. So now it's been about 17 months. Police finally say, we should probably go check the address of this home. They pull up, grass is two feet tall, windows are broken, and they report back, nobody's living in that home. No one sane could live in this home. It's gross, it's disgusting, we could smell it. So they leave, and a week later, a neighbor's outside cutting the grass and starts to hear these little screams, calls the police. Police go back to the same home. They can hear the screams on the inside of this house. Eight days later, they kick the door down. There's drug paraphernalia everywhere. The house is gross. And then they walk into the basement and they see a cement slab with an 11-year-old girl who is chained by the left and right ankle to a pole, living in her own feces, living off of bread and Cheez-Its for the last two years, and has been sold by her own father to over 75 different men, taken advantage of, and a childhood ripped out from under her. And then they call us a couple months later we heard about your program. Do you have room for this little 11-year-old? We made room for her. We showed up. There is no algorithm or formula or three-ring binder that fixes that little girl's problems. Her childhood was stolen. Everything she knows is hurt and fear until she walks into love for a child and she meets 75 faces that are gonna love the heck out of her authentically, who are gonna listen and pick her up from school and comb her hair and take her for a meal and get her nails done. And when she cries, we hold her tight. And when she screams, we settle her down. She is a child who has been forced to grow up at the age of 11. And the foster care system says, yeah, she's traumatic, nobody wants her, 
she's lived in 10 different homes because parents can't handle her. She's a crazy 11-year-old. How do you want her to be after the life she's had in that basement? And we accept her into our program, and there's not much more that we know to do besides love her as Jesus loved the child. Amen. Everybody's sitting here going like, man, Josh, it's the week after Easter. You're coming with the heavy. Well, this is how we celebrate the resurrection, by saying he made us alive so we can go break chains and set people free. This is literally what it's all about. Are you with me? Um, and again, many times we hear these stories of, oh, isn't that so terrible? Isn't that so tragic? Tragic. I'm so glad she's removed from that situation and placed in foster care. Now, we believe in support in the foster care system. We're a part of Grant Me Hope, and we do the hope packages and all these different ways that we, we believe in that. But you're still talking about the numbers that we talked about, 4,500 in the Detroit area, 15,000. They're still in a place that's waiting for a family, Right? And so it's still just what we're called to do. It's love the orphan and come alongside. This is the assignment of the body of Christ. Are you with me? It's not, oh, he brought this guy in to tell us the stories of these kids. No, we're coming in to talk about the purpose of the church. And it's to come alongside ministries like this so that they can be healed and restored. Anything else you want to say? We brought a video. Anything else you want to share before we hit the video? Just the video you're about to see is the real deal. It's 40 children in the system and the programs that we serve, but you're gonna see the other side of it. You're gonna see the smiles and the hope and, and the fight of children that are in our program and at our camp who were told, you're not gonna wanna take this child for a week. You're gonna call us in a day and you're gonna say, please take them away. But this video is the heartbeat of who we are and we hope that you enjoy it. Love for a Child Kids Camp is a one-week opportunity for kids in foster care to come to summer camp. This camp was designed for abandoned, neglected, and abused foster care children right here in Michigan to give them an entire week of royalty and fun. From the moment that they arrive on the bus, you can see sometimes the hurt, the fear, and the pain that is still living in their heart. You can, you can read it in their eyes. Sometimes they feel a little bit withdrawn and withheld, but our counselors are so excited to see them. they bang on the bus, they welcome the kids right here to camp. Because we know through a half a year of training, we pray and we prepare for these children to arrive so that we can show them a place that is safe, a place that is filled with compassion, a place that is shown with God's love, a place that they can leave in a week, hopefully with their lives changed forever by God's grace. These children get activities and events every single day at camp. We have breakfast, lunch, dinner together as a family because that is what camp is about, feeling together. We have carnivals for these children that we bring in 
big carnivals with inflatables and games. We have kickball and baseball. The girls get to go to a princess morning. The boys go on a man walk. We go on a boat ride together, a hay ride. We go out fishing. Oftentimes for many of these children, it's the very first time they've ever had the opportunity to do these activities. But doing these activities with our counselors by their side, cheering them along as they climb up the rock wall. As they jump into the pool and they splash with laughter, we can't help but fall in love with the joy that we see on their faces. Constant reminder of why we do camp, to bring joy to the hurting. I heard one child say, I bet they spent a million bucks on us this week. Now it's not necessarily about the tangible items and the gifts, but the fact that they feel like royalty for the week brings joy to our heart. And that's why we do it. We believe that one week away at kids camp can change a child's life forever. We've seen it happen. Foster care children who came here at a very young age and 10 years later came back as a counselor to serve the very child that they once were. See, we believe that kids should be kids to restore the childhood that was stolen from them. And it's also for the adults, for their lives to be changed. When they can look at a child and see the hurt and replace it with hope. If you are seeking purpose in life and you're trying to find something that has meaning, let Love for a Child Kids Camp be that thing. Take a risk and give your energy and give your efforts and give your attention to a child that is living in an at-risk home. We believe authentically and wholeheartedly everything that we do is love for a child. We have the saying around here that says, and you've heard it before, a lot of people say it, but it's better to raise up a child than it is to repair a man or a woman later, right? Uh, it just to get, everybody says, oh, the, the children, they're the next generation. No, they're the now generation. They deserve our attention today. Raise them up. God promises if we raise them up in the way they should go, when they get old, they won't depart, right? And so that's what this is. This is the body of Christ coming and saying, hey, no, right now you matter. Jesus is in scripture, he's teaching, he's talking, he's got disciples and other people around him, and there's kids playing, there's kids all around him. And some of the religious are like, Jesus, what do you want us to do with these kids? Look at them being a distraction and you know, trying to hinder this moment with you. And he's like, what, leave them. I want them here because he literally says, the kingdom of heaven is this. So it matters that we're involved with kids now. It matters that we set out to reach them now. Amen. A couple closing thoughts. So people sometimes hear this and they watch the video and they say, now what? What can we do? We ask as a west side of the state, church, ministry, family, that you hold our families and our children in prayer first and foremost, because even yesterday as I drove here, my phone was lighting up with emails of foster parents who were applying their children to our programs. And as I stopped at a rest stop, I filtered through some of those applications. 
and I saw the notes and I saw the trauma of what these children are going through as we speak. Last night when we're out and having meals and we're getting into our cozy bed, there's a child in our program hoping for rescue, who's going to bed, who's being physically, immensely, emotionally, and spiritually abused, who doesn't know any different. That's the life they've been subjected to. But this summer, they will meet people just like you sitting in these chairs with hearts of gold, hearts of Jesus, and they will recognize for the very first time that there is a safe person with compassion to care for their little heart, and their lives will never be the same. Their lives will never be the same. I've chased this purpose for the last decade, and I am so honored and so thankful that Jesus put me in a position to hang out with these little kids who on paper look like the most dangerous things in the world, but then you see the smiles and you see the tears and you realize they're just kids hoping that somebody will stop overlooking them. Today, will you look with us? Will you focus on that with us and just say, we got you in prayer. We got you in prayer. It's probably like a lot of information to share, but um, I talked with Joe about a year and a half ago and um, some secular organizations really saw what they were doing and liked what they were doing and liked what they had developed. And so they were really trying to come in and almost buy out what he was doing in a place that they could control it. And, uh, and he said, no, I, I, they wanted to take the message of Jesus out of it. They wanted to take the gospel away from it. They said, hey, if we do it like this, we can get you these grants and this support and we could do these things. And he stood for the gospel, Joe and his wife. Now listen, was it scary? It was terrifying. <laughs> he called me. It was a very emotional time. Sorry to cut you off. I mean, as a, as a young man of faith and, um, you know, I had lost my father traumatically three years ago and um, I was put in this position now with a wife and, and a child on the way where I said, what's happening you know we had worked on this charity for so long and i'll be very transparent somebody had wrote a hundred thousand dollar check and said this is just the start of what we're going to do for you they said we have to ask you one thing i said what is it i'm all remove jesus out of your mouth i wrote those words in a journal and i highlighted it like 10 times and two days later i had to walk into that same very office and say not only can I not accept your check, but I can't be a part of this organization anymore. And I took a major step of faith with my wife in one of the most scariest times of our lives. But it, I truly, truly saw Jesus' miracle show up in our lives the moment we decided to follow his faith. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that to put him on a pedestal. What I'm trying to do is speak to his character because that's not in his notes to say. I'd, surprised him with it in first service that's something personal i know about him but the reason i'm even bringing it up is because if he stands for christ how much more so should we stand at his side while he's standing for the message of jesus in this ministry amen so i have no problem telling you what we always tell you here and that is this give your best to this ministry 
I know maybe you're going to go out to eat or you got plans or Starbucks this week or something. Uh, skip all that. Put something together that we can bless this ministry. He's going to be at a table in the hallway. And um, down there you can find out more about how you can partner and connect and pray for and support this ministry. But also in our one-for-one one jar, you can do more than a dollar today if you feel led to. Uh, you can drop a check in there for any amount you want. You just write love for a child on it, put it in there. And uh, But before, before we give, like we always say, pray and ask God what he would have you give. Don't give because I said or because you're inspired or because of a video. We want God to be the one to tell you what what and how or if you should partner with this. But I'm telling you, it is our honor as a body of Christ to come alongside ministries like this. Are you with me? So we can see a difference. Listen, I my prayer is that when they do their camp this summer, I get to come back and show you that, guess what? Because of your generosity, the largest, right? Largest camp ever 